eating the company's food. In the commercial, Winfrey credited her diet's flexibility as a major factor in shedding the weight, saying she even ate pasta and tacos. I'm Mark Huffman. Learn more at ConsumerAffairs.com. This is Roger Michalski from Eagle Financial Publications. Here at Eagle, we are always looking for opportunities for the dividend investor. Recently, I was blown away when I discovered a website that had every resource that a successful dividend investor could ask for, all in one place. We were so blown away that we bought the website and made it part of our Eagle family. It's called DividendInvestor.com, and there's really nothing else like it. When you log on to DividendInvestor.com, you'll find screening tools, plus an all-star ranking system to help you find the best dividend opportunities. There's a scorecard to track the dividends in your very own portfolio, plus time-sensitive updates so you'll be the first to know when dividends go up or go down. Be my guest. Log on free today at DividendInvestor.com. Set up a portfolio and see how easy it is to work the dividend calculator. I'm convinced DividendInvestor.com will pay dividends to your portfolio. Go to DividendInvestor.com now. Money 105.5. Views expressed on the following program are not necessarily those of this station, its owners, staff, or management. The following program is sponsored by Simply Great Lives. Welcome to the Impact Hour on Money 105.5, where you live with passion, make a difference, and come alive. This show is about you, your life, your impact, and your legacy. Now your hosts, John and Rena. Hey, welcome to the Impact Hour. We are very glad that you're here with us today. I am Rena, And I am John. And today we've got a really great topic for you. We are talking about mindsets to move you forward in making a real difference in the world, making a difference in the lives of other people. It's actually part two. We've, we've done a show already on mindsets, and we just have so many great mindsets to cover. We can't cram them all in one show. So this is part two. If you would like to listen to the first show, you can check it out at theimpacthour.com, and it's called Mindsets to Move You Forward. Love the topic of mindsets because mindsets are so important. What you think and what you believe will totally determine what you do, what you take on, what you achieve in life, and what you accomplish. If you want to make change, if you want to make a difference, what you believe will certainly shape what you're able to do there. So that's why we take the time to really examine mindsets and the mindsets that we're going over, we actually wrote about in our book, Splash, Increase Your Life's Impact. It's available on Amazon. And so we're just going through the mindsets. We wrote up uh, a little blurb in, for each of those, and we're going to have John read those and talk to you about them and impart them on to you. Take them into consideration and see if it's something you'd like to take on for yourself. Yeah. Keep in mind, we're not just making stuff up here. The, uh, the mindset's not just you know, change, make up a belief and just hope it's true. Uh, but we believe these, these mindsets are actually true mindsets that will help move you forward. And so it's not all about just positive thinking. Mm -hmm. So we are going to start with the abundant options mindset, one of my personal favorites. Yes. So from our book, it says the old thinking is I have two options, A or B. And the new thinking is, I have many options. I don't know if you've had a friend come to you and the friend says, you know, help me, help me figure out what I'm supposed to do here. I can either do this or I can do that and I can't figure out what's great. And this is kind of this A or B thinking. I can either do, you know, I can either quit my job or I can just stay stuck with my long commute. Which is instance. only slightly better than, no, 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 you don't understand. I don't have a choice. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It's one step better than that. Only better, a little yeah. bit. So the, the text here says we are fooling ourselves when we believe there are only two choices or worse when we believe there are no choices at all. A or B thinking is just a different version of victim mentality. We'll have more power over our own lives when we search for a variety of options before we make our decision. The truth is there is an abundance of options available. Brainstorming solutions will reveal new options usually with at least one of them being better than the first two we started with. 
Awesome. Yeah, like I said, this really is one of my favorite because I'm just a problem solver. It's, I think it's related to my strength. They call it restorative, and I like to restore things to its originally intended state of glory. And I see potential, and I love to find ways to make things happen. It's really just kind of how I'm wired. And what I found is it really is a choice to decide that there are many options available because a lot of people choose to believe that there are no options. And if you believe there are no options, then ultimately you're right because you won't look for them, you won't find them, and it won't happen. Right. So that's why it's so important to believe and make the choice that there are a lot of options to choose from. Now, since I go through life this way, what it, it looks like is it looks like optimism. It looks like I'm just a very optimistic person. Uh, but in, in reality, I think it's kind of rooted to the fact that I'm just pretty stubborn. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I believe there's a way to make it happen because, gosh dog it, I'm going to make it work. <laughs> so if you want to find a really good solution to a problem, finding different options, first important thing to do is to identify about what's really essential about solving that problem. What would make it a good solution? What's necessary for it to, to really resolve the problem well? Because it's easy, easy, easy to jump to solutions. We have a want or a need, and our mind naturally kind of comes up with something. And we tend to think, first of all, we might think that that's the only option. And we then we make the error in thinking that we want that specific solution. We want that thing. And the truth is that what we really want is a good solution to our problem. So once we find what it is that we really want to change, what we want to create, then we can have a lot of different options for doing that. And one of the essential parts of making this happen is realizing that it's a process. And I love the brainstorming. And one of the neat things about brainstorming is, at least, you know, when we do brainstorming, we think of it as there's no judgment, there's no right or wrong, there's no bad ideas. Sometimes we'll write it down or we'll just go through them. And it can be really tempting to look at a solution and say, no, no, that won't work. And that doesn't even matter in the brainstorming process. What really matters is laying out options because a lot of times we'll find uh, one thing isn't a good solution, but it makes us think of another thing that makes us think of another thing, and we come up with a great solution. Because the fact is there's an abundance of options to any problem that we have. What you're talking about is in the brainstorming period, there's no filter. You're not trying to sift through options and throw out ones that won't work. You just put them all down, regardless of how ridiculous they sound. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Right. That's that's the yeah. No filter. No no judging. No saying that's bad. That's the wrong idea. Just get them all out. And we got to do this the other weekend. We wanted to get our Christmas tree, and our car was in the shop. We have a Jeep. We normally just throw it on top of the Jeep and bring it on home. And we had this little bitty rental car, and that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> so we wanted to ask John's sister for help getting our Christmas tree down because she's got a truck. And bless the people who have trucks because, you know, I think they carry a burden for helping everybody else out. <laughs> so we called. And the neat thing is, is it, it needed to be a solution that worked for all of us. So me and John are kids and John's sister and her husband. So we were coordinating a lunch taking her to lunch for her birthday, getting the Christmas tree, and explored a bunch of options. And the really neat thing is everybody was throwing out options, and we would build on one, build on another, until we got to one that worked really, really well. Yeah. And I love that. Just just assuming that there's lots of really great options creates opportunities to do really great things. So we apply this to making a difference in people's lives, to creating change, and you know, when you get clear on what you wanna do to make your unique positive impact, know that there's lots and lots of great options to make that happen. So first is getting clear on the result you wanna get, want to create, and then finding the right option that's a really great fit to make that happen. Awesome. So that's the first mindset we're gonna go over today, and we're about to head into a break. We've got more really great mindsets for you. So stay tuned for more. 
We will be right back. We'll this is right the Impact back. Hour. <laughs> You're listening to the Impact Hour. What if the ladder you're climbing is leaning against the wrong wall? Is that bucket list getting bigger and bigger? Where are your passions hiding? You are here to create an authentically empowered life. There's nothing more fulfilling than living your life's purpose every day. Find your calling and live a legacy that lasts for generations. Start your journey today by scheduling your discovery session with John and Rena, hosts of the Impact Hour, every Wednesday on Money 105.5. Go to theimpacthour.com to schedule your complimentary session today. Now back to the Impact Hour with John and Rena on Money 105.5. Welcome back. You are listening to the Impact Hour. And if you would like to call in... You can call in with your questions. We may be explaining these mindsets and maybe it's bringing up questions in your mind. You can call about those. Or if you have a struggle, a problem where you feel like you don't have any good options or solutions and would like to talk about that on the air, we'd love to help you out. Love helping people come up with options. Yes. Yay. You can call the station at 866-576-1055. The next mindset we're talking about is called win-win or no deal. A lot of people have heard about win-win, and this is a lot like it, but win-win or no deal actually is a little bit different. And we'll talk about that in, a, in just a, coming up here. But just to describe what this is, is the old thinking is I want a solution that's good for me. And that's pretty common. But the new thinking is a solution is only acceptable if it's good for everyone involved. We know there are many possible uh, potential solutions to any given problem when negotiating. Therefore, we might as well assume there's a solution that will benefit everyone involved. Opting for win-win solutions helps foster trust because people like knowing that we have their best interest at heart. So I want to talk just a little bit about this. There's different ways of approaching negotiations and working out deals and doing things together. It all ends up being a negotiation, even if you're not really wheeling and dealing, you know, trying to to make a deal with somebody. But, you know, if you want to go out to lunch with a friend or something like that, this is all kind of part of that same type of thing. So there is what's called lose-lose. And this one is pretty much a downer, which is, I don't care if I lose as long as you lose. I think that's that's common in divorces. That's where I see that most. It's yeah. like, I don't care if I lose as long as you lose. As it's long as ugly. I get to stick it to you. That is pretty right, ugly. Right, it's like yeah. this revenge thing, right? Yeah. Not, not fun. Not good. Next one is lose-win. That's where a person feels like they need to lose all the time in order for the other person to win. Usually... It might, it's kind of like a martyr syndrome, and it might be where they feel like they have to always give up what they want so that other people can like them. It might be something like that. And that's not great either. Even on the person on the winning side really doesn't like that very much after a while either. It, uh, it gets to be kind of a bummer. It's like I have my friend, and my friend's never getting what they want, and they're always giving up what they want for me, and after a while it's a, it's a bummer. It shouldn't have to be at someone else's expense because it's possible to have win-win for both. Yeah. Yeah. So the next one is win-lose. And this is, this is one where we can get, get caught up into. It's a subtle thing. It's the belief that there is only one win available. And so we, it's the belief that if I'm going to win, then you must lose. And so it's trying to get the win for me at your expense. Mm. Yeah, I think a lot of people assume that, you know, in, in some, you know business transactions and stuff, that one person wins, therefore the other person loses. Yeah, so either I can go out to lunch where I want, or you can go out to lunch where you want, and so we can't find where we both want it, and so it's it's fighting for what I want. Right, or even like I said in the business setting, you know, people make a purchase and they think, you know, well the business is just making off with your money. It's like, well they they got paid for a value valuable product or service, it's an exchange, and therefore it's a win-win, is is how it's supposed to be. Yes. The next one is just called win. And this one's a subtle thing as well, and really is, I don't care what happens as long as I win. Hmm. 
And this one's not as good as the win-win or no deal. In this one, it's I'll fend for myself and I'll let you fend for yourself. Mm-hmm. But in that one, there's really not this, this idea that I've got your back as well. And so there's not this, this sense of trust and safety that a win-win or no deal has. Yeah, you're really pointing out how it affects a relationship, how you're approaching working things out. If you're looking out for the person's best interest or not, we'll certainly come across. That's right. Yeah. So win-win or no deal is we both win or we don't do the deal at all. Mm. We don't allow for any agreement where one person loses. Right. That's funny. My brother had a misunderstanding of this. They were, he was helping with a theater production for his daughter and was selling the tickets in advance. And he's like, it's great because we get paid whether they come or not. So it's a win-win. And what he meant is he won either way, which is not what win-win is supposed to mean. Right. It's really supposed to, it's supposed to be good for both parties. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Next mindset is systems thinking. This is one of my favorites. So systems thinking is, uh, the old thinking is, I experience life as a series of disconnected events. The new thinking is, everything is connected and I leverage my efforts by understanding key interactions. So here it says, we're all part of larger systems, whether in business, education, family, organizations, community, or all kinds of other systems. And I'd like to add to that, it can even be inside of ourselves. An individual is certainly a system. Certainly is a system. Yeah, because yes. we've got different thoughts going on and different mechanisms and all working together. Absolutely. Yeah. So we'll have greater results in any change effort when you understand the interrelationships between the different parts of the system and how they affect each other. I remember when I was first introduced to systems thinking in graduate school and social work, systems is, is like a huge deal. And they kind of, you know, most basic introduction was like a, a mobile that hangs over a baby's crib and the baby bats one toy and it makes all the other toys move around and they, they move and shake until they reach a state of equilibrium again. And it just kind of showed how everything's interconnected and when you adjust one part of the system, it affects all the other parts of the system. So that's really what we're wanting to people to be aware of is, is when you're seeking to create change, everything's interrelated. So you need to understand what's affecting what so that you can create the change that you're wanting to create. Yeah, that's right. So systems is based on feedback loops. And we normally don't think about feedback loops. We normally think of like cause and effect. I do this and it has this effect. Whereas with systems thinking, it's more about I do something and that affects something else and that in turn influences what I do. And so one of the simplest examples that uh, usually is given is like when you fill a glass of water. So you could say that you are filling the glass with water, but it's equally true to say that the level of the water in the glass tells you when to turn the faucet off. And so it really is a feedback loop. You've got the faucet on and you're watching the level and based on the level of the water makes you turn the faucet off. So the level of water is controlling what you do as much as you putting the water in the glass. It can also be like when you do work you love. That's a system. You do work you love, you have a lot of fun doing it, you get a lot of satisfaction from that, and so you go back and you do even more of your work, you have more fun doing it, and it's just kind of this reinforcing feedback loop where the more you do, the more you want to do, and it creates more of the thing that you're doing. It's kind of this snowball effect. In a lot of cases, that's a good thing in systems thinking. There are also balancing feedback loops, and that's like filling the glass of water. Or on, for a lot of folks, it can be like your income level. And so when your income level is not enough, you will change jobs, change positions, work harder, do all kinds of things until your income gets to a level of satisfaction for you. And then once you have enough, then you stop and you stay where you're at. Well, and interestingly, there can be another internal, what you'd call limits to growth, which would be a person's sense of worthiness and how much money do they deserve to earn. So it might be possible for them to 
make more money, to get more promotions and things of that nature. But if mentally they can't see themselves as the kind of person who makes that much money, they will hold themselves back. That's an internal, like, limits to growth. Yeah. And that's, that's an internal system inside the person. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why we say you get what you tolerate. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it's interesting with the um, removing limits to growth. You know, we've we've done a lot of personal development, and there's different styles. And one style taught us to, when there's something that we want to achieve and we're not achieving it, shove harder on it, push harder on that to make that happen. And we experienced some success with that and some limited success. And what we found was another technique is to find what's limiting the growth. Why am I not achieving this goal that I say that I want to achieve? Oftentimes there's something internal, like I was saying about the worthiness around money. And when we can find that, when we can adjust the way that we're seeing ourselves or our beliefs, then we're able to achieve that goal. So just kind of a different way of approaching the system. Right. Yep. And because of the system and things all often all interrelated and interconnected, we often contribute to the very problems we experience that we say that we don't want. Don't. Oh, man. <laughs> you know what? That really reminds me of, of that book, uh, Leadership and Self-Deception. Boy, that just really, really yeah. talked to how we're creating the problems that we didn't want. Just in relationships. There's a lot of others that I know you've got in mind. But yeah. Yes. Yeah. So example might be uh, blaming. Blaming is an often a, a behavior I've seen at various companies I've worked at. And it creates a, a culture of blame and it creates a culture of judgment and, and people start hiding things because they don't want to be blamed. And you start thinking, well, man, it, it really sucks to work here. But the blaming is part of the, of the problem that we're creating there. And so, you know, if we're going around blaming and then complaining about the culture at the company, it's a, it's a self-created environment. Yeah, originally the blame is probably intended to be fixing a problem. It's like, oh, there's a problem, you cause the problem, you fix the problem, boom, right? right. That, that's the idea. But if people aren't really understanding a system that they're working in, there's often unintended consequences that's right. that come from that. Uh, one of the best examples I can think of for unintended consequences is um, I don't remember what city or where this was, but I heard a story. They raised the minimum wage. And a great idea. I can see what was behind it. They wanted people in poverty to have more money. That looks like a solution, right? So they're like, okay, how can we help these people to have more money so they're not in poverty? Great. We'll raise the minimum wage. And it's like, cool. You think that would fix the problem, right? Boom. They've got more money. Well, what happened was there was a, a limits to growth in that um, the housing the low-income housing had a maximum income allowable. And so what people did is they actually reduced their hours with their employer to keep their income low enough so that they didn't lose their low-income housing. And that was, I'm sure, an unintended consequence. They didn't want people working less and having the same amount of money, right? right. So they're just not understanding the, the system and how things work together. Right. So one of the difficult things about systems and adjusting for systems is there's oftentimes a separation in time and space between what you do and the, the consequences or the results you see from that. So it's kind of like you adjust the shower temperature for your shower, and let's say there's a 30-second delay between when you turn the knob and when the temperature in the water actually changes. I hate when that happens. It's that so gets, hard to get it right. It's so hard to get it right. <laughs> and so that's a perfect example of, of the systems and, and how that works. Serena so mentioned just briefly about the limits to growth, and that's a case when there's a growing feedback loop, which is a good thing, and it interacts with a balancing feedback loop, which is limiting the growth. And that's an example of a kind of system where there's a high leverage area that you can use to produce much bigger results. Instead of pushing harder on the growing feedback loop, it's much higher leverage to reduce the limitation and just let the growth naturally take over. And so in working with systems, there's often uh, high leverage areas that produce really big results. And so you can really get a lot of, a lot of bang for the buck for the effort 
uh, if you can examine the system and know the right area to tweak when you when you look at it. And then, awesome, this is really powerful stuff. We're gonna go into a break. We'll be back with some more mindsets. You are listening to the Impact Hour. What if the ladder you're climbing is leaning against the wrong wall? Is that bucket list getting bigger and bigger? Where are your passions hiding? You are here to create an authentically empowered life. There's nothing more fulfilling than living your life's purpose every day. Find your calling and live a legacy that lasts for generations. Start your journey today by scheduling your discovery session with John and Rena, hosts of the Impact Hour every Wednesday on Money 105.5. Go to theimpacthour.com to schedule your complimentary session today. Attorney Justin Gilbert and his firm are dedicated to helping you protect your hard-earned assets and preserve your wealth. Most people spend more time planning a family vacation than protecting their wealth from a lawsuit. Let Justin Gilbert and his experienced team help you develop an asset protection plan individualized to meet your specific needs. With two offices to serve you in Roseville and Folsom, call now for more information. 916-786-2070 or go to justinmgilbert.com. That's justinmgilbert.com. What you missed on The Good Life Show with John Robert Quinn. Blue Balsita, uh, apparently an incredible author. I mean, you're on the bestseller list, but you don't know how to eat a cupcake. Oh, come on. What happened with the cupcake? Well, you shouldn't give me the cupcake. <laughs> you should have seen it. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take the video. I'm going to take a clip of what was happening behind the scenes with this cupcake. It, it was literally a disaster. Tune in weeknights at 10 p.m. for The Good Life Show on Money 105.5. This is Carmen LaBurge from The Reconnect for townhall.com. American history is very short by global standards. In the news, we've been hearing about Coptic Christians in Cairo and the plight of the peoples of Aleppo. What many of us don't remember is that those were two of the three largest cities in the Ottoman Empire, the Islamic Caliphate that ruled the region from 1299 to 1919. Our tendency is to focus on issues of the West and even Western varieties of Christianity. This can leave us lacking the long view of history that informs many Muslims, and especially the Islamist movements that have disrupted the entire region. Of course, the even longer view of history reminds us of when Christianity thrived throughout the greater Middle East. As ancient cities and people of ancient faiths make contemporary headlines, we need to remember just how young, relatively speaking, our nation is, and yet just how much we have to offer those who for centuries have not had the blessings of living in freedom and peace. I'm Carmen LeBurge. Are you ready for your rush of success? I'm Jim T. Chong, the walk star. And I'm Cami Ferry, the theater queen, the hosts of Rush Hour for Success on Money 105.5 on Thursdays and Fridays at 2 p.m. It's about getting entertained and getting solutions for your success in life and business. Visit us on Facebook at Money 105.5 FM Rush Hour for Success or download the Money 105.5 app on your phone for the live stream. That's Thursdays and Fridays, 2 p.m. Pacific time. Get entertained. Get educated and get your rush on Rush, rush Hour, Hour for, for Success. Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. on Money 105.5, it's Beyond the Numbers, your weekly look at real-life issues related to your money, investments, and your retirement with your host, Rick Ferguson, a registered financial advisor with over 30 years of experience helping clients manage their retirement future. Find out more online at fergusonfinancial.com. That's fergusonfinancial.com. Go Beyond the Numbers, Wednesdays at 8 a.m. on Money 105.5. You're listening to the Impact Hour on Money 105.5. Know your impact. Make it great. Welcome back to the Impact Hour. We've been talking about mindsets to move you forward. And we were just talking about systems thinking. And just wrapping up a little bit about systems thinking is uh, one of the important things about understanding systems is that you need to look at the whole and not just at all the little parts. If you cut an elephant in two, you don't get two smaller elephants. Ew. Just, <laughs> it just doesn't work. And so a lot of times you try to, to break up the problem into smaller parts to simplify it. And, and that's great to look at smaller pieces of it. Uh, but if you don't step back to take a look at the whole system, it, uh, it makes it so you don't get a chance to really see the interactions with all the different parts. 
So if you would like to call in, we'd love to chat with you. You can call in and ask about your questions about mindsets or about living your legacy and finding your calling. And if you have a success story, we'd love to hear that as well. You can call the station at 866-576-1055. Yay. Awesome. Next, we have risk management. That's the next mindset we're going to be looking at. And it actually lands in our book around the area of finances and because we found that finances can be either a limiting factor or a factor that helps us move forward in making our difference. So John, tell us a little bit about risk management. Yep, from our book, old thinking is I value safety over risk. And the new thinking is I take appropriate risks in life. So it's tempting to play it safe in life, but if we are to do worthwhile things in the lives of other people, we must be willing to take some risks, which might involve personal risks. Some risks will be personal, like trying new things, looking silly to other people, or maybe even failing at a new venture. Other risks may involve our career, our relationships, or our finances. We will be more able to tolerate these risks when we know our needs will be met and will feel reasonably secure physically, emotionally, and financially. Yeah, so the the backdrop of it was around finances, but we find that it has a much broader application. So it's really we we really came across this with the idea that it's it's as though people can tolerate only a certain amount of risk in their life. And if they have lots and lots of risk in their finances, it'll take away from their ability to take risks in other areas of their life, including making their difference in the world. So you can imagine somebody who has not only their mortgage, but they have student loan payment, they've got a car payment, they've got credit card payments, and now they've got a whole lot of pressure to stay at a job that they may or may not like and it would be too risky to leave that situation. They need the security of the um, regular paycheck, and that's, that's a limiting, very limiting factor when it comes to being able to you know, just have the time and energy to go and do things. But what we found is that when people have too much risk going on in their life, they become unwilling to take on more risk kind of like you mentioned, trying new things where you might make mistakes, you might fail, you might look silly to other people, putting yourself out there. And that's, that's risky. And people need to have enough energy to be able to go and do that. Yeah, so we're really talking about being safe in certain areas of your life so you can take risks in other areas of your life. And so it's not safety at all costs, but it's not risks just for risk's sake either. Yeah, take take appropriate risks where it's really going to serve you well. And having unnecessary financial risk um, kind of limits your ability to move out and do greater things. What was that quote you had from Dave Ramsey? I love that one. When your house is paid off, you make different choices. Well, amen. Yes. Can't, can't say that our house is paid off, but we don't have debt other than our house. You know, no car payment, um, no credit cards, no student loans, all, all that we paid off uh, because we went through Dave Ramsey stuff. And once we were in that position, we were able to start a business. We were able to start making our difference in the world. And so we just found that it was really tremendously helpful to manage our risk so that we can take risk in the areas that we really value. Yeah, that and quote usually. To us. That quote usually comes up in the context of somebody calling into a show and saying, hey, I just got this big pile of money and I could pay off my house or I can invest it somewhere. What should I do with it? And he almost always says, pay off your house. And it's like, why? Because I can invest here. My house is, you know, only 2% or whatever, and I can invest it. This other 8% thing, wouldn't that be better? And he's like, dude, you make different choices when your house is paid off. It's, he says, it's the weirdest thing. You just, you, you just behave different when you have more security at home. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yes. <laughs> I know it, it was a substantially different experience once we had all our debt paid off and we had at least six months in expenses saved up in an emergency fund. It felt tremendously different. It felt safe and it felt secure. And, and it was just, I, I wouldn't have known what it was like. So I, I encourage you to try it out if you haven't done that for yourself. Most definitely. 
Yeah. So really the point is about freeing up the energy that you'll need to go out and make your difference in the world, which really leads us to our next mindset, which is about embrace failure. What? Yeah. Embrace failure. I know we just stated it really radically and bold to make a point. Um, it's about, it's really okay to make mistakes. Right. So the old thinking is failure is bad, avoid it at all costs. I know a lot of us have learned that uh, growing up uh, either in our families or in schools or both. We've learned that we really can't fail, we can't make a mistake, you know, we can't get a D in class, it better be an A. The new thinking is failure is valuable because we learn from our mistakes. It is normal to not get it right the first time when we try something new. Many of us will avoid trying something new if there's a good chance we will fail. When we're willing to venture out into the realm of new experiences, we will learn at a much faster pace than when we're playing it safe. In fact, failure gives valuable experience that helps us grow, experience we could never learn from a book. We will need to learn new concepts, try new things, and acquire new skills to live our calling. Therefore, we should not only expect to experience some failure during our journey, we might as well embrace it. I have to admit, it's not always easy to go, yay, I screwed up. (laughs) (laughs) But in retrospect, there's really so much learning that comes from trying new things and and learning from it. And, And there really is no way to replace that. We can get all the book knowledge that we want, but it's about going out and trying things and learning by experience. We've found working with our clients, the folks who've gotten clear on the difference that they want to make and they're, they're out there doing it, uh, that this one is what you could call a limits to growth, right? They're, they know what they want to do, they want to do it, and they've, got, they've taken some small steps, but there's something internally that's holding them back. And it's this fear around making mistakes. And I can tell you that I can completely relate to that I've done a lot of personal work around my need to appear competent and like I've got it all together. So if it looks like I'm competent and I've got it all together, I don't. I make mistakes and and it's okay. You know, like when we first started the radio show, sometimes it was a little crunchy and sometimes I still screw up, but it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I always think back to our first webinar that we did years ago. We were actually still writing the book, right? We're still working our stuff out, but we had our steps and it was kind of great because it kind of made us keep creating content in a hurry because we had a schedule. And that was just the, the crunchiest, <laughs> not smooth webinar I think I've ever done. And you know what? It, people really benefited from it anyways. Yep. So the fact is, you know, we, we made mistakes. We learned from them. And I trust that when you're out there and you're trying to make a difference and help people, they will gain benefit from it. You know, five years from now, you'll do a better job at it, but you won't do a better job at it unless you're out there and making some mistakes now. So it's not a matter of if you'll make a mistake, it's when, and it's okay. It's a normal part of the process. In fact, uh, we have a client that we're working with right now, and um, she's made some mistakes and we're working with her to make the best of them and to learn from it and move forward. And there's it's uh, interesting being on the coaching side of it. It's a lot easier to spot the learning that comes from the mistakes than when I'm the one making the mistakes myself, <laughs> right? Yep. And there's, there's part of that dynamic of just kind of um, criticizing myself. Uh, I say that just in case other people can relate to it. But it's really about the learning that comes from the um, mistakes that we make and Uh, We have a coach who tells us one of the things that he really likes about us is that we're always in action. (laughs) So we're not sitting around just trying to figure it all out. We're doing stuff. We're learning from it. We're tweaking. We're changing. And and that's what it'll be like when you're out there and you're making your difference in the world. Uh, You're going to try some stuff. You'll learn from it. You'll try some new stuff. You'll tweak it. And people's lives will be touched and they will benefit from those efforts. That's the description of accelerated learning right there. Yes, we're on the accelerated <laughs> learning path. <laughs> yes. So a fail- failure, the word failure actually is just a label that we attach to things. And if you think about it, it doesn't. you don't have to call it a failure. In fact, we would say that there really is no failure. There are only learning experiences. Mm-hmm. And maybe at a more extreme case, it's only a failure if you give up. 
Yeah. Yeah, we could look back at our financial coaching business, and that would be easy to say. Some people on the outside, it would look as though it was a failure, but it was absolutely perfect because we wouldn't be doing what we're doing today if we hadn't gone through that. And it's like, you know, we blessed people through that. There were people, they were going to go to bankruptcy, and we prevented that and turned their finances around. And because we went through that experience, we realized this isn't, this isn't what we want to be doing. So on the outside, it can look like a failure, but it was actually a learning experience because we closed that business and transitioned to Simply Great Lives. That's right. So yes, all about the learning. All about the learning. And even when we're growing up, when we're really, really little kids learning to walk, we certainly had to have this idea of embracing failure because if you watch a kid learning to walk, they get up and they fall down and they get up and they fall down. And they're cool with it. And they're right? cool with it. They're like, they fall down, they're like, no big deal, get right back up. Yep, and that's all part of the learning process. And if they didn't do that, they wouldn't learn to walk. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And we also have an experience around that, around with our book. And, uh, you know, if we were to write our book now, it'd be different. But even so, even so, perhaps we look at it and feel like it's not perfect. There's a lot of great content. It's still helpful. Certainly wouldn't call it a failure, but it was a learning experience, even so. Always learning, always growing. It's a necessary part of the process. All right. Awesome. We need to go to a break. We'll be right back. What if the ladder you're climbing is leaning against the wrong wall? Is that bucket list getting bigger and bigger? Where are your passions hiding? You are here to create an authentically empowered life. There's nothing more fulfilling than living your life's purpose every day. Find your calling and live a legacy that lasts for generations. Start your journey today by scheduling your discovery session with John and Rena, hosts of the Impact Hour, every Wednesday on Money 105.5. Go to theimpacthour.com to schedule your complimentary session today. Now back to the Impact Hour with John and Rena on Money 105.5. Welcome back. We are talking about mindsets to move you forward today. If you would like to call in with your questions, you can call in at 866-576-1055. And yes, if you are listening right now on Wednesday at quarter to three, you're listening live. <laughs> so we're not a recording. So, yes. Go ahead. <laughs> the next mindset is called continuous learning. So old thinking is I'm done with school, so I'm done learning. And the new thinking is, I'm a lifelong learner. Living or calling will require us to learn many new things, like new ways of thinking, new ways of expressing ourselves, new ways of doing things, to name a few. And it takes some humility to admit that we don't know it all. At least it does for me. Uh, but no one person really can know everything. Having a continuous learning mindset will allow us to always improve our effectiveness in our calling. Continuous learning is not just about reading books, of course, although that's a big part of it. I know we've done a tremendous amount of growth ourselves, a lot of personal development. We've gone to workshops and other events and have our own coaches to help us, uh, not just with book knowledge, but with our beingness, uh, with how we show up. With our mindsets. The mindsets and yeah, all of that. All of it. And, and we've got plenty more to go. In fact, we've been working with uh, our coaches for three years, and she says we're just getting started, and I believe her. <laughs> it's like, oh, my gosh, there's still so much work to do. That's great. Yes. <laughs> well, we, we've had a long ways to go. <laughs> <laughs> At least now I see it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we pulled up some statistics. Uh, I've seen some people argue perhaps these are not exactly right, so don't take these as gospel, but uh, they are interesting to look at. I suspect they're probably not too far off. The total percent of U.S. high school graduates who will never read a book after high school is 33%. Total wow. percentage of college students who will never read another book after they graduate is 42%. Wait, there's more? <laughs> yeah. The college students, they're really done now. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> That's interesting. Total percentage of U.S. families who did not buy a book this year is 80%. That's a lot. So only 20% of families are buying 100% of the books out there. Yeah, according to That's this. That's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, and their statistics were dated September 4th of this year. So, so they're very pretty current. recent. Mm -hmm. Now, here's an interesting one. Total number of U.S. inmates that are illiterate, 15%. Or 
or no, that, that, are, literate. that are literate. I read that wrong. Total number of U.S. inmates that are literate is 15%. Only 15% of people incarcerated can read. That's right. That's amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. Yep. So you might have heard the phrase, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Oh, I hate when people say that. Yes. <laughs> we want to address that in case that's something you've heard or something you believe. So for starters, the Mythbusters on their TV show have busted this one. Old dogs actually can learn new tricks. <laughs> and you're not a dog. <laughs> Good news. You're not a dog anyways. That's right. <laughs> yeah. What I find is is um, sometimes people want to stay comfortable. They're part of the... Um, Embrace failure ideas. It kind of it's hand in hand with the continuous learning. When you're learning new things, you know you're likely to make mistakes and screw up, and a lot of times that's uncomfortable. And people preferring to stay in their comfort zone will just simply resort to something simple like you can't teach an old dog new tricks. So they use that as a kind of a, a cop out. Yeah. To not grow, to not change, to not learn. Yep. It's what we might call a chicken exit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a part of this is also what we call the fixed mindset versus the growth mindset. You could say that it's a whole whole new mindset, but it relates so tightly. We're going to talk about it together here. And if you read our blog from today, we talked all about this inside the blog. And so the fixed mindset says that your basic abilities, your intelligence, and your talents are fixed and unchangeable that that's what you get and that's what you got. Whereas the growth mindset understands that talents and abilities can be developed through effort, good teaching, and persistence. And the truth is that your daily actions will change what you believe about yourself mm. and the person you become. So really your self-concept will change as you work on new skills and new abilities and it's all about setting a schedule, showing up, and sticking to it. So you start to see yourself different. You're like identity changes as you start integrating in new behaviors. You can start to see yourself different, and that kind of reinforces doing those kind of behaviors. Right. Nice. Right. Yeah. And, you know, even intellectually, you can grow your intelligence by, by exercising your brain. So it's not just a fixed thing. They say, oh, this is your IQ, as if that's your IQ for the rest of your life. I don't know, I've taken IQ tests more than once and it comes out with a different score from time to time. So I know that's not a fixed thing. Um, and so really it's all about building your right identity rather than worrying about getting right results. How about seeing yourself as the kind of person who's always learning and changing and growing? Right. I mean, do you really wanna be the same person in five years that you are today, you want oh. to be someone different. Yeah. Yeah. I certainly don't want to be that same person I am today in five years. Yeah. As good as it is today, yeah. I, that would be that would be so depressing to me to yeah. think that, that my place in life is it and I'm stuck. And I, from our experience, we know it's not true. And I just can't imagine living life believing that your place in life is it. And that's just what you are meant to be or to do. Yeah. So our heart really goes out to people who haven't been exposed to this idea that think that they are stuck where they're stuck. They're going to be the same tomorrow as they are today. And they can't change. They can't grow. And because we know different. So we're holding this truth for you all out there listening. You can grow. You can change. You can become who you want to be. Um, making those changes and seeing yourself as that kind of person and building on it and doing more of it. Yep. Learning, growing. Definitely. Welcome to our world. <laughs> <laughs> so the next mindset is called results-oriented. So the old thinking is I plan for activities and I hope I see some results. <laughs> New thinking is I plan for results and I tweak the activities until I get the results that I want. So in order to be as effective as possible in our calling, we must be very clear on the results we're trying to achieve. It's easy to get caught up in doing stuff because those things seem like good ideas at the time, but the activities we do for our calling should be determined by the specific results we're working toward. After any activity, we should be evaluating its results and modifying any future activities until we get the results that we want. 
Awesome. Good stuff. We always talk about results-oriented on this show because we're all about creating change in people's lives, making your unique positive difference. And it's not about doing activities. It's about getting specific results. Right. And we watch a lot of people get active in the world. And sometimes we ask, you know, why they're even doing that. And it's not uncommon to have people kind of get this deer in the headlights kind of look like, uh, I never even thought about that. You know, it just seemed like this was a good idea at the time. I just ran with my first idea. Yeah. And, and sometimes we see people not even checking in to see what the results are. They just go off and go on to the next thing. And, and we're really saddened by that uh, because we think effectiveness goes way down when there's no check-in with the results. I think a great example is the movie night with the neighbors. So... Um, an example I think that you gave in the book is that folks decided to have a movie night because they wanted their neighbors to get to know each other. Maybe they weren't even clear on that, actually. They just had a movie night. People came, they ate, they watched the movie, they left, they didn't really connect. And because they hadn't really thought that they wanted to build relationships, they picked an activity that didn't create that result at all. And without checking in on the results, they're likely to just continue to have activities that are nice to have but aren't really creating the desired result. Got to get clear on that result first. Right. So when you're trying to live your legacy, or you might say to live your calling, the most important part of that is to get clear on the results you want to create. In fact, we're so strong about this, we say that your purpose is to create those results, not to do any specific activity. And that is so important so that you always have an eye on the results that you want and not that every single activity is going to be perfect or is going to have results immediately, but you're always working towards that, always tweaking, always changing, always, you know, doing something new and different to get better and better results. Keep in mind that your purpose is not your role or your position. It's not to be a pastor or a policeman or a mom. Your purpose is not for an activity like teaching or mentoring or leading or selling or blogging or anything like that. Your purpose is to make a unique impact in the world that you are passionate about. And of course, we always encourage you to pull in your strengths in order to do that. Yay. Love that stuff. <laughs> Love that stuff. Yes. Awesome. So that is the mindsets. Um, I think we have more mindsets for some future yeah, date. We'll, we'll do another show with some more mindsets because we find that the mindsets are just so important. And we are very excited to empower you to make your difference in the world. So join us again next week. Thanks for listening to the Impact Hour. Tax 36-month term with approved credit 20